you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, it'd also be on the screen, and if you're watching this later on, uh, on YouTube or whatever we have, yeah, YouTube or on television at some point, uh, it should be on the bottom of the screen as well. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I awake... I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise against you? I hate them with the perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, changed, and never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are starting a new series today, and it is called Renewed by the Psalms. Summertime should be a time that we find some type of renewal. We should be renewed in our hearts or our lives during summertime. Many times that's when you take a vacation. Many times things slow down. Now, I'll just go ahead and say this church doesn't slow down in the summertime. We kind of rev it up one, uh, one notch. But anyway, and you'll see that if you are in, involved with Vacation Bible School in any way starting tomorrow. Not too late to get in that. Amen. But, um, but we are... We know that we need times in our life that we can be renewed. 
relationships need to re- be renewed. Um, our relationship with God needs to be renewed. Other things in our life, we physically need to be renewed from rest, uh, uh, through rest. And so I, I, I knew that, and I, I was thinking about ways that what could help us as a church be renewed. And I went to the Psalms. It was the Lord just led me to the Psalms because the Psalms are are such an honest um, portrayal of, of of what David was praying, what David was thinking. Um, they were many times a song that Jesus sung. I mean, Jesus and and the early New Testament Christians would have sang these psalms, uh, and the folks around that time would have sang them or done them in some type of responsive type. Uh, they learned them by heart and would respond in that way, and we're going to talk about one of those in this series, especially that Jesus used when he was on the cross. And, and so they're, they're just a great way to be renewed. Now, see, we need to be renewed in the Word of God, and we need to be grounded in the Word of God. And so that's where I want us to kind of start. With being renewed, we need to be grounded in who we are in Christ, and who we are as God's creation, and who God is for us, and the Scripture helps to renew us in that. Uh, there, there was a, um, a list of answers that were given by children on their religion exam, and here were some of the answers um, that, that were given that kind of uh, were, were sort of funny. Uh, one was, Noah's wife was called Jonah the Ark. Got that a little bit mixed up there. Uh, a myth is a female moth, all right? Um, number three was sometimes it is difficult to hear in church because the agnostics are so terrible. Acoustics is what it is, amen. Um, number four was the Pope lives in the vacuum. The vacuum, all right. Um, number five was the fifth commandment is humor your father and mother. And I'll go ahead and say we are good at doing that, amen. And, and this was the all-time favorite that they got. Lot, you remember from the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife was a pillar of salt by day and a ball of fire by night. <laughs> Love how children are so honest. The, uh, but, you know, it's God's Word that grounds us. And so I want us to start with Psalm 139 and allow it to ground us in who we are, who God is, who we are, and the relationship that we have with him. And so let's look at that psalm for a little while this morning and see how Psalm 139 grounds us so that we can begin this journey of renewal. Number one is this. This psalm tells us all about our Creator. This psalm tells us about our Creator. And there's two major things it tells us about the Creator. Uh, the first is this. This psalm tells, Psalm 139 tells us first that our Creator is all-knowing. That means that he knows everything. Uh, that, that, that is this 50-cent word that you may be able to use later at lunch um, or talk about later at lunch called omniscient. And omniscient means all-knowing. Now, the good part of that is that God knows what we're going to do before we do it. We make the choice of what we're going to do. God doesn't make those choices for us. We have free will. But God knows what we're going to do. The bad thing about that is that God knows what we're going to do before we do it. The bad thing about that is God knows what we're thinking. 
God knows what we are about to say. Listen to what it says in one, uh, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 3. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. In other words, our sins, our thoughts, our mess-ups, our mishaps, our hurts, where we've been hurt in the past, God knows all about it. He knows every part about it. He knows the details of all of that. Psalm 139 verse 4 says, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. See, we think sometimes that what we do in secret, what we say in secret, or what just other folks see or don't, don't see, but God knows it all. Listen, the Bible tells us that He knows the very number of the hairs that are on our head. He knows how many hairs are on our head now, how many hairs used to be on our head and now have moved to other places like our ears and nose and that kind of thing. He, he knows it all. He knows everything. He knows our hurts, he knows our habits, he knows our heartbreaks, and he knows our heart. He knows our heart. Listen, the psalmist who wrote this, King David, would, would have very well known how much God knows the heart. Because whenever he was anointed as king, you remember Samuel the prophet goes to his house, to his father's house, to Jesse's house, and he's supposed to, uh, he's supposed to pick and anoint one of Jesse's uh, sons as king. And he goes, there's some of them that are warriors, and they're like big and, and ready. And here's what it says. Listen what it says there. It, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For the Lord looks at the, I mean, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God knows our hearts. And that's where God can begin to work with us is in our hearts. And he knows us inside out. Psalm 139 not only tells us that he knows all things, but also it tells us that our creator is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's like, y'all remember that old Ray Stevens song about Santa Claus talking about he's everywhere, he's everywhere. And oh, and some of you catch that about lunchtime. But anyway, but, but uh, go back on YouTube and watch. But, but the thing is about it is God is everywhere. Some of the kids that have gone through our We Care here, I know that uh, at We Care Chapel, Miss Linda Gregson, who leads that, would always, we, we get in there with the kids, and one of the questions she would say, where is God? And all the kids say, he's everywhere. And he is. He's everywhere. He's able, that's why he's able to be with us at 945 on Sunday morning right here. And he's able to be with any other church that's calling upon his name, that's gathering in his name. He's able to be everywhere. Look, look at Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Remember the Hebrew understanding of hell was Sheol, a place of the dead at that time. And he's saying that wherever it is, alive or, or not alive, anywhere, God, you are there. This was manifested through Jesus. Who, whenever Isaiah prophesied of Jesus, he said, he, he said that there is one coming and his name shall be called Emmanuel. 
And then I love the fact that he gave us exactly what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. That means wherever we go and whatever we go through, that God is there. You see it all through the Bible. You see it with Noah on the ark. God is right there with him all the way through. God is right there with Moses as he parts the Red Sea and, the, and they walk through on dry ground. God is there. God is there with, with, with King David as he fought those battles and brought the ark into Jerusalem. And David danced before the ark. He like strips down to his underwear and goes to dancing. And I will not do that, by the way, for you. But anyway, but, but he goes to dancing. God was with him every step of the way. He was with Gideon in the mighty battle. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He, he got Gilligan off the island. Amen? No, just kidding, just kidding on that. But anyway, he is with us every step of the way, wherever it is. I, I remember uh, some years ago, I, I, I was at a conference and there was a guy there that would do these hymn dramas. And he would, it's the old hymns, he'd take the old hymns and he did a lot of research on the person that would write those hymns. I remember he did one on Fanny Crosby who wrote Blessed Assurance and Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And of course she was blind, but she wrote all those great hymns of the church. And then he did one and what he would do, this tells you how long ago it was, they would use slide projectors. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was a while back. But anyway, and, and then he would play those hymns on the trombone with some backup music. But he did one hymn drama that I saw and it was uh, on, a, on a hymn writer by the name of Henry Francis Light. Henry Francis Light wrote the hymn, probably his most well-known hymn was that hymn called Abide With Me. And it's a beautiful old hymn, and, and, but many folks don't know what actually was happening in the life of Henry Francis Light. In other words, he, he, whenever he wrote this hymn, he had some stuff going on in his life. In, in fact, I, I mean, he was suffering. He had suffered for years from tuberculosis and the effects of tuberculosis. He, his family, uh, he, he had a hard time. He, he was trying to pastor a church through all of that. And one of the times while he was sick, a Mennonite church came in and proselyted and stole his whole choir. That's right, proselyted his whole choir. I, I know, Camille, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Steal the whole choir, amen. And, and they left him. And so, I mean, he had all kind. everything was falling apart in his life. But I, I want you to hear, and, and Camille's going to come and play, and, and, and we're going to sing this, and I hope she has sung it with me, or lead it. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to say, and right where you're sitting, I want you to sing these, these words. And I want you to think, as we sing them, about God giving us this promise, and let this be our prayer to Him. Let us sing it together. Ready? Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, of the helpless oh abide with me let's sing that last verse I fear no foe with the end who bless 
what he was proclaiming. Y'all thank, praise God for Camille. Amen. Amen. What, what he, what he was saying that even when everything feels like it's falling apart, the one who made me, the one who paid the price for me is the one that will be with me every step of the way. That's the God we serve, and Psalm 139 tells us about it. Not only does he tell us about the Creator, but also this Psalm tells us about God's creation. It tells us about us. And if we are ground, going to be grounded and renewed, then we have to be grounded in who we are. In Psalm 139, listen to what it says there in verses 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Do you hear that? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even before we were born, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah that even when we were, before we were in our mother's womb, God knew us and had called us for a specific purpose. And that's what God wants us to understand today, that we have to realize that we are His wonderful works. We are his marvelous works. And don't shortchange yourself because let me tell you something. God does not make mistakes. Amen? Amen. Amen. God doesn't make mistakes. He, and he has created you and he has made you. Genesis tells us that we were created in the very image of God. All throughout the first several uh, verses of Genesis, it talks about all the creation that God had made. And at the end of each of those days, he said, I saw the creation and it was good. But listen, whenever he made you and me, the Bible says that he saw that and said, this is very good. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm very good. Amen. Amen. That's who he made us. That's who he made us. Some of y'all really enjoy doing that. Amen. But anyway... He's, we need to be grounded in what God's intention was for us. Now, humanity takes a wrong turn. There's no doubt about that. And we've taken wrong turns before. But God made us for marvelous works even before we were born. Not only does it tell us about our Creator, and not only does it tell us about His creation, but this psalm also tells us about the relationship between creation and the Creator. God not only made us, he didn't make us so he could just watch a bunch of people running around down there. No, God made us so that he could have a relationship. God wanted a family, folks. And you and I, we're his family. God made us for that. God made us to fellowship with him. God made us to be in a relationship. Look at verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. His thoughts toward you are precious. His thoughts towards you are not bad. His thoughts are not, towards you are not disappointment. No, his thoughts toward you are precious. And we need to realize that. That his thoughts towards that, and the reason they're precious is because he desires a precious and perfect relationship with us. Now, there is a catch on our, far, on our part. There's a catch on our part where we have to work into that relationship. Not work for that relationship. No. That relationship is based st strictly on faith. Believing in him. 
But like any relationship, the way that it can grow is for us to continuously do an examination of where we are with God, of if there's anything standing in between us and God and where we need to work on. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says it like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hear that? It's simply by saying, Lord, search me. If there's anything in me that needs changing, if there's anything in me that needs taken out, then do that. Do it in my heart. Do it in my life. If there's somebody standing in between me and God, then I'm letting them stand there. And maybe it's somebody I need to forgive. Maybe it's somebody that I'm holding resentment against. And if they're there, they're standing in between me and God. And the only way we can move it is for us to do what we need to do and ask God, search my heart. Search me in that way. See, sometimes I think we've been carrying stuff around way too long. And it's time to throw out the trash. I, I remember some years ago, uh, actually, it was when my daughter, my oldest daughter, Lena, was small and stealing diapers. And, and we were going to this conference down in um, Atlanta. In fact, it was first place. I think I had heard Terry, Dr. Terry Takel, uh, who came and preached our revival a couple weeks ago. But um, last week, actually. But anyway, we were down there and we were about to, or we were about to head out. We were pastoring up in Bladen County and we were about to head down and um, we had packed up the car and had we were staying a week so whenever you put a week's worth of stuff and a baby and all the stuff that goes along with a baby and all that it, it was a lot of stuff and we were taking the mother-in-law with us as well so I mean it was a crew amen but we were heading out and, and um, we had packed everything up and right before we leave we, we were going to leave I looked over there and there was our kitchen trash bag that was full of trash now, we, we were out in the country, so we didn't have trash service come by. We had to drop it off on the way. There were uh, several county dumps, and you just stop by there and throw it in the uh, dumpster there. And so we said, well, well, we'll throw it on top of the luggage. And, I mean, you know, it had baby diapers, that kind of stuff. We, we did not want to leave it there all week, amen, in the kitchen. So, uh, so we said, you know, we, um, we'll just throw it out on the way out of town. And so we put it there on top of the luggage. We took off. Well, I tell you what, we must have been so excited to get to Atlanta because we didn't think about that bag of trash again until we pulled up into the valet parking at the Omni Hotel in Atlanta. <laughs> and about the time we pulled up, and of course their attendants were coming out and everything, I, I, the first thing I look in the rearview mirror, and there is that bag of trash back there in the back of the SUV. So I, I quickly come around, and I reach back into it, into the uh, very back there, and I pull it into the back seat. And so, of course, he's starting to unload the, the luggage and everything, and I was like, Phew, I got it out of his way. And then all of a sudden, I got to thinking, wait a minute, this car is going to be in a parking deck all week long. Ooh, I better do something with this. I looked around, there was nothing but these tiny, you know them trash cans that got the hole in it about like that? 
you had to take the whole lid off. And I, all I saw was about two or three of those and the cigarette butt things or whatever. And so I, I was like, what in the world am I going to do? And finally, I just swallowed my pride and I said to the attendant, I said, look, we got a little bag of trash. Can you take care of that for us? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I can throw it away for you. Where's it at? And I was like, right here. <laughs> and he took care of it. But you know what? Here's the good news. No matter how big the bag of trash is that's in our heart, no matter how long we've been carrying that or how far we've been carrying that, God is simply saying, I want to take it out. I want to take it out. I want to take care of that for you because you don't need to be carrying that around any longer. So my prayer today is that we will say, Lord, search me and know my heart. Search for any anxieties that I have. I, and I would dare say there's probably not a person in here that doesn't have some type of anxiety about something. Lord, search for any anxieties that I had in any wicked ways that I may have so that I can lead to life everlasting. In what way does Psalm 139 need to ground us today? Is it to know more about our Creator? Is it to know more about who we are as the created? Or is it to ask God to do something in our hearts and lives so that we can be in that relationship and grow in that relationship as well? Let us pray. Lord, in this place today, search us. Try us. You know our hearts, God. Lord, if there's any bags of trash that we need to that we've been carrying around. Maybe we think they stink too bad for you to take care of. Lord, you can do it. Let us turn it over to you today. Lord, I pray right now, if there's a resentment that we're feeling towards somebody, Lord, let it be removed right now, God. Lord, maybe there's some hurts from long ago. Lord, let it be removed right now. Maybe, Lord, there's an addiction that needs to be broken. Lord, let it be broken right now. Move in our hearts because you have made us and your thoughts toward us are precious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.